Hello and welcome to Terrace Memoirs, episode four of the Her Game 2 series, which is the latest delve, delve into the life of a female lady football supporter. Um, if you don't know me by now, I am Dave Harris, a Reading fan of 32 years, season ticket holder for 22 years. Um, and with Euro 2020 finally upon us, um, it's been a very positive start for England, hasn't it? Uh, and how nice I found it to watch a match in my local football club instead of on, at home on my own drinking. Nobody likes to drink on their own, but hey home. Um, I'm now looking forward to Friday evening, re revisiting the football club when the Scots visit Wembley. Hopefully England could do the business. Um, just on the uh, Euro theme as well, uh, this episode is being recorded immediately after Wales play Turkey um, on the Wednesday evening. Um, and I've got to say what a fantastic back-to-the-wall performance it was from them, securing a 2-0 win, uh, which gives them almost guaranteed progression from the, uh, from the group. Um, so well done, well played Wales. You've completely exceeded my expectations. Um, as I said to uh, to my guest today, Eve, she's uh, um, uh, one of the Her Game 2 women, um, said to her that, um, yeah, I don't choose between England and Wales. I am half Welsh. Um, so I just want both both teams to do as well as they possibly can. Um, quick shout out also to Shahan Mia, uh, who... Uh, uh, um, fanfare alert... <laughs> Wrote me an email. I've received an email. I've been doing this podcast now for four months, and I've received my first email from a, from a listener. Uh, he gave me some very uh, very kind, very kindly put together some uh, some information regarding the women's super league. Um, but yes, he wrote me an email. Uh, so thank you very much for that, Shahan. Obviously, we've we've conversed we've conversed since then. But uh, um, happy to report that my email address does actually work. Um, and. So, as mentioned, um, this episode delves into the life of uh, Bristol City fan Eve Ralph, who, uh, continuing the trend of recent episodes, um, is a co-creator of the Her Game 2 anti-sexism campaign with the um, 11 other uh, ladies that feature on the original video. Um, Eve herself features as the seventh lady in the video um, and wish um, Eve a very warm welcome to the show. How are you doing well, Eve? Thank you very much. I'm good. Hope you are too. I certainly am. Now, first things first, um, that's a very, very different accent to a Bristolian accent, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> T pray tell us where you're from. So I am born and bred in Solihull, which is South Birmingham, uh, about 90 miles away from Ashton Gate. So that's, uh, that's quite interesting because obviously, you, I don't know if you've listened to it, what I had Emily Drapley on uh, last week. Um, who's uh, from Stroud, which is very, very Bristol City territory, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so you, yeah. you must pass yourself on the M6 or on the trains going to and from uh, your respective clubs. I think so. Um, so I think the first question really is, how does um, somebody from Solihull uh, end up supporting Bristol City? Mm -hmm. um, well, that one, it's for my sins, I think. Um, my dad, he was born in Bristol and so was my brother. Um, so they lived there. It was before I was born. Um, and then I think, so my brother, he's five years older than me. And when he was about two years old, um, they moved from Bristol up to Solihull. Um, uh, but then like my dad was still a huge fan. So he was determined to go down, um, every time they were at home. So they still kept their season tickets. Um, and they travelled down. Um, and then whilst they went down, my mum went to visit friends and family in Bristol. Um, and this carried on, like, forever. <laughs> and then when I was um, old enough to be taken along to one of the games, I did. Um, and then ever since then, I, I've 
I've inherited this uh, this love for Bristol City. It's definitely in my blood. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'm not a glorious supporter by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, it's due to my family um, where they're yeah. from. So um, Bristol City now then. Um, obviously, I, mean, I spoke to Leah. I don't know if you again if you listen to the episode. Uh, Leah Case, your fellow Brist Bristol City um, fan on the Her Game Two uh, sort of board, should we call it? Yeah, um, yeah, no, I did not been the one. yeah, not been the greatest of seasons, has it? Um, but uh, it's looking to be degrees of positivity, and you're kind of getting the uh, the old Leicester City gang together now, aren't you? Under uh, uh, Nigel Pearson. Yeah, definitely. Um, last year it was it was a tricky one. I think towards the end of the. 1920 so obviously 2019 2020 season um that kind of, we just seemed to fizzle out with that and i i didn't know if it was because we were having to watch from home um and it was just a bit of an odd year it just wasn't the usual it wasn't the usual bristol city that we used to watch in i don't think um so come the next season 2020 2021 um like ready to go I think we had a really good start to the season even if it was just three four games um and even then early September it's like yeah we're gonna do it this season um and then once again like towards the end of the season I was just really disengaged in it like I was still watching the games but I wasn't getting excited about them um yeah and I think the the bringing Nigel Pearson in um, he came in at, at the right time I, I think there seems to be such, like excitement brewing throughout Bristol um, and it will be really interesting to see which way like the way it's going to go for the next season because obviously he didn't have too long um, at the end of the last season so he'll mm -hmm. be able to put his own uh, slant on things now hopefully um, and yeah I am but you get it every year don't you you're excited for the season to start and then I think a month or two in, you're like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can vouch for that over the last few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I say with the uh, with the new signings coming in, and say there's a few of the old uh, 13, 14 Leicester City um, uh, sort of championship uh, title winning team. You're putting together a very strong side. And Nigel Pearson is a, is not a manager who is a mug. Uh, yeah. His teams will generally be very strong. Um, I would be if I'm a, if I'm a betting man, uh, which I am, gambler aware, um, I would be uh, looking at putting a little cheeky bit of money on an each way with um, uh, Bristol City. If not each way, then certainly handicap um, because I think you're going to have quite a good season, um, provided you can keep the, the majority of your squad together and those players still have it have what it takes to uh, to go through a, a championship season um, uh, consistently. And with fans back, um, and with you know, with your with your, you know, pretty impressive set of fans, particularly whenever I've seen you, you always bring a good following to Reading. You always have a good, uh, um, a, a good atmosphere at the gate. Um, I think with those fans driving you on, you're going to be having a decent season. So this season might just be a little bit different for you. I am. I'm glad you think that. I think um, there is there's definitely some pessimism at the moment. We released about half the squad I don't know if we have got a full squad yet at the moment um should the the season start tomorrow um but we are we are making some exciting signings and um Andy Byman he's just signed a three-year deal and honest while well, I love him like 
I think that's just as good as a, a new signing, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. considering he's been injured for the past year as well. Um, so obviously we, we can be optimistic, but I think we've also got to be realistic as well, um, given given what we've had to watch over the last, last couple <laughs> of years. Um, but you never know. I mean, the Championship is a crazy, crazy league, isn't it? Certainly is. Certainly is. So, um, take us back to the very start then. Uh, 2002 was around the time that you started following Bristol City. Uh, and again, presumably it was your dad that took you down there. I think you already mentioned that. Yeah. Um, Danny Wilson years. Yes. Um, how old were you then, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so, I would have been around seven years old. Um, yeah, I I don't have too many memories of like the squad. I mean, there's a few like players that stuck out for me that I don't know how you choose your favourite player when you're seven years old. Um, but I used to just love going down and um, we won. We we won. A, oh, I think I think it's the Johnson's Paint Trophy. It must have been um, around that time. I think I it, that was 2003, um, mm-hmm. and I. Um, had a little rosette that said like, oh no, it, it was the van, uh, van's paint. Yeah, yeah, the think the LDV vans, or it's had a multitude of names, but it's the 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 yeah the the trophy for for League One and League Two clubs. Yeah, I think it was LDV vans, and I had a little rosette that said LDV vans winners, obviously that I wore with pride and joy. Uh, to my junior school and um, even though it was down in Sally Hall um, I remember there was a teacher there that, that's actually a Bristol Rovers fan um, and mm. he didn't know me but he saw that trophy and he, he just went oh Bristol City Owen Ralph's little sister and I was like yeah yeah we are like he's just <laughs> left but here I am um, so we couldn't get rid of the, the City fans at, at my junior school um, but yeah I, I just i just used to love the atmosphere going whether I actually knew what was going on at that age I don't know but yeah I've I've been going ever since then um and it's definitely become part of who I am mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of some of the players you, you that you uh that you would have seen back then so um I think uh, I'm thinking of Kevin Amankwa, Tony Thorpe, yes. Lee Peacock um yeah, yeah there's a there's a, a Brian Tinian of course um, is it uh, Keith Welsh in goal as well? Maybe um, certainly mm. a, uh, uh, a a number of a uh, number of different players that I that I saw Red in play because around that time was the time when we had Alan Pardew in charge um, right. and City had a bit of a hoodoo over us, particularly at Ashton Gate, and they gave yeah. us some proper goings over. Um, even when you know, even when we you know, we were we were under Pardew perennially a strong side in Division One. Or, sorry, Division Two, League One, as it is now. Yeah, yeah, um, Division Two. Yeah, so but yeah, we we almost always used to lose at the gate. I don't think, in fact, Alan Pardew, I don't think he's ever won at Ashton Gate no to way. this day. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm right in saying that. You can hang me out to dry on that if that is wrong. Um, no, I'm but, I'm happy uh, with that stat. <laughs> 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 Look at that. So, um, so that's the uh, sort of early early. Um, memories that you have. Can you remember the first game that you went to? Or um, I can't. So the my first away game stick with me. To be honest, um, I think because it was so different. I remember mm-hmm. like kind of being warned about it. Be like, yeah, it's not going to be as noisy. And the worst part for me 
is that I couldn't see the scoreboard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they screwed at Elm Park. They didn't have one. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the my first two games, away games, were with Crew and Oldham. Um, and I remember it just being like so different to Ashton Gate. Um, and I, I don't know why, why I got taken. I, that, it was definitely in my first and second season watching. Um, but it was a very different experience. I, I think I felt quite safe at home with all, all the Mississippi fans around you. And, um, but yeah, I have fun moments of that. But I think they're definitely like quite cloudy because I don't, I don't mm-hmm. couldn't tell you the score or anything. But actually, interestingly, my away record was incredible. Like I hadn't seen us lose in, until about 2010. Um, so my, my brother always used to say, like, oh, do you want to go to this game? <laughs> because mm. I had such a good record. Um, but, but then once I saw us lose one, oh, I'd, they just kept coming. I think it, mm-hmm. it took a year or two to watch us win. <laughs> uh, so mm-hmm. I wasn't the lucky mascot anymore. Who was the, uh, the defeat against? The first defeat, yeah. I think it was um, Sheffield Wednesday. It was at Hillsborough, right. I believe. Um, and that, the whole day, um, it just went from bad to worse. Just like little things. Um, I, It was funny, like, I think we got there about five hours early because we thought it was further away than what it actually was. Uh, went for a little walk, got splashed by a puddle, came back, got splashed by the same puddle, went into the stand. Um, I had a pie, dropped it on the floor. Um, then I had like a, a hot drink and I poured it down me. And then someone came up and asked me if they could hide behind me to have a cigarette. And I was just like, oh my God, this day is just going from bad to earth. And then we, then we lost. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like there. a bit of a mare. And uh, a, few, uh, a few stains down the front. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was wondering if you were going to say it was Reading because we beat you, uh, I think, in March 2010. We beat you 2010 at the Medeski. No, I've I've been to the Medeski a couple of times, um, but no, you didn't break my winning spell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a shame. So when do the memories really start um, uh, becoming more, uh, for want of a better word, lucid, more more solid? Um, So... Definitely the season we got promoted. Um, the first time I was, the first time I, I've seen two promotions. Um, so that would have been like May 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really good, uh, really good season. And they, they will definitely sit, sit with me for a while. Um, I remember. I think it came down to the final day um, when we got promoted. And I, but I think, I'm sure we were playing, I want to say Rotherham, um, mm-hmm. and we needed a win. And I think they were getting relegated. So, like, obviously, it was, it was likely, but anything is possible with Bristol City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, I, yeah, I, I, we won that last game 3 1, I remember. So, like, that was just brilliant. And then we, we went on the pitch. And I remember we were singing, are you watching Nottingham? Couldn't have told you why at the time. <laughs> but I was just <laughs> loving it, just joining in. Um, and that, that was really lovely. So I think from then, obviously, the year after um, was our first time um, 
I'm pretty sure, it, yeah, it was the championship by then. Yeah. It, it might have changed then, actually. Yeah, uh, uh, it, yeah it changed, changed a few years before because we yeah, won the championship around in five, then. Six. Yeah. Um, and then I think that, that was our first year in the championship when we made it to the playoff final. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then it's just kind of been downhill since then. <laughs> Apart from a couple of nice seasons, um, but the de- the memories certainly start from that first promotion. That's when it really started to get exciting, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And you never forget your first promotion, do you? Again, there's something that, that seems to get said on every single um, show. Um, but yeah, again, a recurring theme that I'm getting is uh, is that people really do not forget that. Um, it's the, you know because it's, they've never seen it before. It's the happiest time, yeah. one of the happiest times of their life, supporting their club. Oh yeah. Um, so you finished you finished second um, that season, uh, three points ahead of Forest. There we go. Um, Are you watching Nottingham? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forest finished fourth, although Forest finished second the season after. Uh, we'll um, and of that. course, that was the season Forest got um, got pummeled in the uh, the playoff semis by Yeovil. Um, right. So and then um, Blackpool uh, won the the playoff final. Um, but uh, yeah, it sounds like it was. Uh, you know, they didn't see many defeats at home. You only lost three at home. Um, so, eighty-five points, plenty of wins. There you go. Like a, I think that helps, season. especially when you're that age, doesn't it? Because you you're just there for the goals, really, and the wins. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I just remember it being a really lovely sunny day, and it was like the epitome of happiness, just getting promoted. Um, so yeah, that's the good memories. Very good. So she had a few seasons in the um, in the championship after that, um, which um, all came to a bit of a well, a bit of an abrupt end in 2011-12, which is your first relegation. Um, any particular vivid memories of that season? Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think we got relegated in 2013. Um, because that, that it was like um, I think it was the day after I turned eighteen. Okay. And um, it it was as with the first promotion, it sits with you forever. Your first relegation sits with you as well. And oh, you, mm-hmm. just, you just don't know what to do with yourself. And I, we we were so poor that season, and it, and it wasn't just poor; it, it was boring as well. And um, I remember going. It down was to, yeah. Sorry, my my facts are wrong. Yeah. Uh, it was 2013. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Uh, well, I remember. Uh, yeah, my my 18th birthday. Because I think I had my my birthday party on on the Friday, and that's the day that we were playing Hull, um, mm-hmm. and we could have been relegated then, and that would have been live on telly. And I was like, oh, I'll just get out of the way. Like, I think it was a uh, well, um, oh, it, so unfortunately, it was against Birmingham City, who um, obviously some from down here. They're not my favourite team, so of course it had mm-hmm. to be them. Um, but I remember um, going down to Crystal Palace. Uh, me and my brother went into Tuesday night, and oh, we yeah, we were just dying. And I remember the fans were still there. We still had a little bit of hope, and obviously mid February, um, the season isn't over then. Um, but Palace, they definitely won. I can't remember what the score was, but I remember being there thinking, why, why have I made this journey? Um, mm-hmm. And then less than two months later, we were relegated. And um, yeah, it it, well, it was it was a sad time, but I think it's better when um, 
you know that it's coming. <laughs> like, yeah. I, c- I couldn't imagine it, it being like final day and, and it, it all relies on what other teams are doing. That, that I think that'll be worse than. So, yeah, I, I mean, like that, it's, it's, it was such a sad time. Um, but, like, looking back with hindsight, we can't really grovel. We were only down there for two years. I mean, um, I think we got relegated the day after my 50, uh, my 18th birthday. Two years later, we got promoted the day before my 20th birthday. So April is, uh, is a time for, for movement in, uh, in the Bristol Sea calendar. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's a, it's it's an exciting time of year for any club who's uh, mm-hmm. who's up or down there, isn't it? Um, I'm uh, I'm quite fortunate as well because my my birthday's the twenty fourth of April, um, so uh, yes, yeah, so quite a few um, uh, yeah, interesting times around that time. And I I, I remember the back end of that fourteen fifteen season, you absolutely battered some teams, didn't you? Um, yeah. you just you just cruised the division. Yeah, that. What it it was just it was a it was brilliant. I mean, you were excited to go and watch every single game. Um, it just seemed like all the players just were all invested. Um, it was a lovely little community going on. It was just a great time to to be there. Um, I so I was lucky enough to do a, a placement for, for my university in that year. Um, mm-hmm. and so I was. Um, helping with the mascots, taking them into the changing rooms, and it was just such a buzz. Like it was it, that season will always live with me, definitely. Mm-hmm. So was that a, a whole season thing that you that you did for your placement? Uh, yeah. So um, I so I got involved because um, the pre-season tour that year it was actually um, down to Botswana. They were doing right. um, charity work, so um, they opened it up to fans and you just well you had to raise quite a bit of money actually um which I was able to do um with a lot of help and support from my family and friends but I was able to go down there and um we got to watch some of I think um Bristol City played Botswana um which was just like that was just surreal <laughs> um and there were a couple of other games and then um I kept in touch uh with the the lady in charge there, um, Amy Kington. So she got mm-hmm. me, um, yeah, she just said, oh, like, come back um, and you'll be able to, to do your placement um, at City, which was just amazing. So I did it with the Community Trust. Um, so yeah. obviously that was like coaching throughout the week, um, but then also it, it gave me the opportunity to work on match days and, and take yeah. the mascots um, to the changing room and, and on the pitch as well, which was brilliant. So you uh, you say you're coaching throughout the week. Are you a qualified coach? Are you? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm um FA level two coach. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't do that as much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that at the time I was doing that a lot. So I love where these conversations go because obviously I you know I, I I love these conversations to be organic. If anybody's not not aware of that listening, um, but um. If anybody listening is, um, is is wondering if any of these are scripted, it's absolutely yeah. not because I didn't have any any idea whatsoever oh, that he was, a, was coach. a coach. <laughs> so presumably that was all part of your university course. Um, what what course did you study and where was it? Um, 
so I did a um, I did sports coaching at university. Um, mm -hmm. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought it wanted to be something in sport, but I really wasn't sure. Um, and to be honest, I didn't do very well with my A-levels. So I ended up doing a foundation science course at um, mm -hmm. it's at a place called Hartbury College. Um, it used to be part of University West of England, um, but I think right. they're now they're now their own um, little institution now. I think um, mm -hmm. so. I did two years there, and I I didn't really enjoy it. To be fair, like I love the people, but um, it, it wasn't for me. So once I did the two years there, um, I went and topped up. Um, that foundation I did one year at Worcester Uni um, and did mm -hmm. sports coaching science there. Um, and then following that, I did um, a master's at Bristol in special and inclusive education. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm uh, very keen on working with kids and adults with special needs and mm -hmm. working with sports. So I, I combined the two for my master's. Mm -hmm. Very, very noble, of course. Uh, and is that what you do for a job now, is it? Or... Um um yes well so i've um not too long um started a job at um leicester city um as the inclusion um inclusion lead um mm -hmm. so that's with their community um just um like delivering lots of uh disability sessions um and things nice and inclusive there mm -hmm. and how, how are you finding that is that uh uh, is is it everything that you that you thought it was uh, were hoping to be? Yes, definitely. Um, it definitely my dream job. I've always wanted to work in a football club, um, and to be able to combine those those two things that I did at university is just a dream. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm really loving it. Good. And have um, have you uh, mentioned anything about her going to to uh, Leicester City? And are they sort of all um all sort of behind it and backing it, or uh, has, has that been kept quiet so far? Um, I've kept it quite quiet, to be honest, um, but I can definitely see um, some overlap. Um, so we're looking to um, deliver like girls only sessions yeah. um, and create more, more opportunities there. Um, and um, I had a call with some of the ladies from the Leicester women's team um, and they're so keen to get on board with the projects with the disability projects that the community are doing and they're, they're just mm -hmm. so great like um certainly not just doing things like for, for media just to get a picture or anything like they're really keen about actually like making a positive change um so certainly in future um i can see um see us collaborating together um but obviously because we're we're so early on at the moment um i didn't know what that was going to look like so i'm more than happy just to um wait even if it's just a couple of months um, and then see how we can work together yeah yeah no, that, i'll tell you it sounds absolutely fascinating um that none of this absolutely none of this i knew um no. <laughs> again presumably presumably you, you keep it quiet from from social media which is yeah you know, no i do so just going back to uh, we'll get to uh, to her game too later we've got a whole section um on it and your experiences of um of of uh, women in football and, and sexism and, uh, and 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 projects and things like that. But so we get back to Bristol City now for because since that promotion season, there's been uh, it seems to be that your that Bristol City are a fair to middling um, uh, championship side. Um, I've had a couple seasons where it looks like they might be able to actually um, break into the top six, but have just faded away. 
Uh, and of course, that well, the one that really springs to mind is that season where you got to the semi-finals of the League Cup. Of course, you played Man United, you beat them. You played City um, and gave them a damn good run for their money. Yeah, um, but it just seemed to take a lot out of you, and you didn't have the biggest of squad, did you? And of course, remembering the Championship is also a forty-six game season. Yeah. Um, I think we need to bear that in mind when we're getting carried away in January when we're in the dizzy heights of the, the playoff spaces. Um, I think, although um, it does seem to happen every single season at the moment, like we think, oh, can we do it? Can we do it? But I think the, the positive to take from that is, as you say, like we are actually now a well-established championship team. Um, mm. I think we need to remember where we came from, even if we were only down there for a couple of seasons. Like people always wrote us off. Like we haven't particularly, apart from that um, that season, which was just brilliant, where where we did beat Man United. But like we never really do anything of note. <laughs> and I think people like people just think, ah, oh, City, oh yeah, we can get a win against them. Um, so like arguably, we can we we maybe are growing like every year. Um, and I, I really do hope that one day it will come soon. Like my friends laugh at me. I remember like a couple of years ago, I had a bet with one of them. I was like, oh, Aidan Flint's going to be in the Premier League in 2018. And I really thought he could do it because he nearly left us to like the rumours were there that he was going to go to a Premier League team. And I was like, yes, <laughs> if he can't do it with us, at least he's doing it with someone else. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think maybe like what what we were missing is Nigel Pearson so hopefully without me being too naive hopefully it's coming soon but uh, yeah. yeah we always seem to just be bobbing around and then somehow we're, we're like the Spurs of, of the league like we think, oh yeah we can finish in the playoffs and then we end up like 12th or something or, or 10th <laughs> um mm-hmm. so yeah it's yeah. frustrating that's not, but <laughs> that's not a bad that's not a bad uh analogy um just going back on on Aidan Flint and going back to that uh 14 15 season do I remember rightly that he scored a hat-trick in a game? He did, um, and it was the perfect hat-trick as well. <laughs> was um, it? Yeah, it was. Um, I think that was um, when we beat Warsaw 8-2, potentially. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure he scored left, right and head. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> It's so rare to see a defender, you know, score more than one goal in a game. Oh, yeah. so, you know, to get three, just yeah. I yeah. can imagine that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what order they came in, but when the ball came and he saw that it was Aidan Flynn, I can just imagine the place went absolutely, absolutely nuts. Yeah, well, because he was a big, he was a big fan favourite, wasn't he? He was, and I remember we used to sit by some kids actually, and whenever there was a corner, there was one, one boy. Had, I don't know how we knew this guy, but he'd always happen and be trying to get his attention. And so we'd be like, ah, oh, Aiden Flint, Aiden Flint's going to score, going to score. And, and we'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. And then this time we did, like, they must have been from corners if Aiden Flint was up there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that, that, I mean, that, that was just a surreal season. Uh, we never scored from corners. <laughs> so uh, to have him up there finishing those, that, that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know we're bobbing around a little bit here, but I just had to mention that because uh, because obviously you mentioned Aidan Flint. Um, but going back to um, yeah, more recent times again, um, and again, this was one of the things that, that Leah picked up on, was uh, um, Lee Johnson. Um, he had the nickname Streaky Lee for him, Bristol City fans, didn't they? And 
I think that kind of epitomizes really why um, there were positive um, periods and, and not so positive periods because he would go through epic runs of uh, sort of epic unbeaten runs and then go through an epic um, run without a win. And uh, it just seemed to be, you know, particularly, I think I remember in 1617. Uh, I think there were eight or nine defeats on the spin, um, and he was very, very close to losing his job. And he managed to keep his job for another, what, two, three seasons? Um, yes. Yeah. I think so. Um, I've always had a lot of respect for him, like even when he was playing for us. And um, I think a lot of people thought, oh, he's only got in the team because his dad's managing. Um, and I think that opinion kind of stuck with people when he was when he was a manager and um, he did, he did go on some incredible runs um, and you do, we were thinking we were like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to get promoted or at least make it to playoffs. But then once that one defeat hit us, the, they did just keep coming. And I think like I was probably the one of the last people, I think in that 16, 17 season, I was still with him. I was like, right, no, he's going to turn it around. It's fine. And then I'm sure it was like the the last time he lost. I remember tweeting and I was like, right, really sorry. But yeah, I've lost faith in him now. And I, I think I wanted to get um, Lee Carsley in. <laughs> no, not Lee Carsley. <laughs> Lee, oh my God, the old Charlton. Uh, Lee Bowyer. Lee Bowyer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they're yeah. both in blues at the same time. <laughs> and I do, <laughs> I do uh, have a soft spot for Lee Carsley as well, but I'm not sure how good he is at managing. But yeah, I wanted to get Lee Bowyer in. Um, so I remember tweeting that, and then I'm sure he turned it around the next game. And I was like, oh, right, just eating my words. Um, and he definitely had a lot of backing um, from, from the people at, at the club, which, which, I mean, like, he... If we didn't stay then, then we wouldn't have gone on that incredible run in the cup um, the year after. Um, his his time definitely, I think he he left. Yeah, he left at the, at the right time. Um, mm-hmm. Probably the furthest he could have taken us. But I I really like wish him all the best. And like I really want him to to do well um, wherever he ends up. If he stays at Sunderland. Um, so I think he is a good manager and they've all got to start somewhere. Like, just look at the, the established managers now in, in the Premier League. Like, you don't just do it overnight. Um, and you, you've got to discover it yourself, what what your coaching styles are. Um, I think an issue with a lot of the city... Well, it's same with all football fans, isn't it? You want you want it fixed straight away. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, if everyone did that, it would be a boring, wouldn't it? Because no one would be losing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And impatience is a uh, uh, is a, a chronic condition with uh, with all with all sets of fans, particularly with with social media now, uh, and, yeah, uh, and what that what, you know, that allows you to vent straight away. And you, you know, at least back in the um, in in well days gone by, and certainly when when you started uh, watching City and and earlier, you had to wait. Um, you know, you, you'd vent in the pub, for example, or you know, if you really wanted to vent, vent somewhere, then you'd have to get get home and sort of switch the uh, the internet on with the really, well, by today's comparison, really slow broadband or or modem, um, and and tap something on a message board and whatnot. Um, but they weren't very popular back then. Whereas now, everybody has social media, um, and uh, and and it just seems that there's a with every club, there's a vocal minority that that just that are quite vitriolic 
um, with any, and you know, it's almost, you know, it's the end of the world when uh, when 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 their team loses, um, and um, the polar opposite when you know it's almost it's almost a Jekyll and Hyde character, really. Yeah. Um, you know, football um, fans are very fickle, <laughs> but we all do it, um, and I, I, it's what makes the game. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, you're only yeah. as good as your last performance, aren't you? Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Or your last result, should I say? Mm -hmm. um, so, um, coaching. Do you um, coach uh, coach any, or have you coached any specific teams week in, week out, or are there, is it just sort of um, individual sort of coaching sessions with um, uh, with with sort of? A, a, I want to want to about again about one of a better phrase a mishmash of children who turn up. Um, for a for a specific session, is it for a club that you coach or? Um, so the I used to coach at it was um like a development center, and yeah. they were called West Midlands Foxes, um, and they were essentially like a feeder into the academy um, mm -hmm. at Leicester, um, even though it was based in Henley and Arden. Um, so there. I think I started off the season and I was working with the under eights um, and then towards the end of it, I was working with the under 12. So um, yeah, the, well, they were a team like they had, um, I think they all were part of the teams as well, but they um, would have a game every month and they'd work, uh, they'd play against someone else's feeder academy. So it was pretty impressive to be honest, watching the, the under eights at, um, yeah, they were. Uh, they you, you had to have trials to get into this place. They were carefully selected, so that was really interesting watching them. Mm -hmm. um, but apart from that, I would work with the local community trust. So I worked with um, Solihull Moors, um, Birmingham City, um, and then a, a girls-only team uh, that was based in inner city Birmingham. Um, yeah. So that was more of just trying to get as many girls as we could to play. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it was a proper mishmash. I think when you were a coach, like at that time, I had about seven different jobs because they were like all part-time, you had a juggle and everything. Um, yeah. So it was a very interesting week because I had such a variety of skill that I was working with, um, some there for just play and some there that wanted to make it to that, that academy. Yeah. Did you find it difficult to... Uh, to, to um get the the message out there for the uh for, for girls to play or did you find that you, you play, well, i'm not sure exactly sure how you got the message out there presumably there were there are advertisements and uh and, and the like um but was it difficult to actually encourage girls to come to come along to coaching sessions and and keep it up or um was did you find that there was a, uh, a sort of quite a quite a um uh healthy population of girls that want to play um, so I had two girls only teams actually and the one on a Friday that was based in Solihull that was working with Birmingham City um, that uh, that grew whilst I was there and there were quite a few girls who were coming along I think uh, maybe initially it was because their brother like there was a, a boys camp going on at the same time so they couldn't say with us were there but then the more the word got out the more girls came um, and that I'm sure that was from like really young ages up to about 16. So that mm. was like a little bit challenging because obviously you don't want 16 year olds playing against five year olds. But um, there was one girl, she was great. Like I think she was more interested in the coaching. So she came and she was there as like support for the younger ones. But 
that that group really flourished and that, like I yeah I was disappointed like sad that I had to leave that one when I moved on to a different job um yeah. the one in a city that was a little bit harder to reach out to, to the girls um it, to be honest it was a, a bit of a funny time I think that was probably the, the biggest part because like we'd be halfway through the session and then some girls were wandering because they just finished their tea and uh it was it was very laid back I think it was only an hour session but like at the beginning I might have three girls and then like some would just wander up like 20 minutes in and then by the end I might have 12 but um yeah that that was definitely I don't know if it's because the area it was in they were definitely more laid back um Mm -hmm. and weren't so bothered about about playing playing the game yeah did you so did you have to break down any any barriers within some of the forgive me if this doesn't sound PC, but some of the um, some of the ethnic communities um, or were, the, were they were the, were the majority of uh, communities quite welcoming for that kind of thing? Um, I think the, so the the one in inner city Birmingham, obviously, that was very diverse and they weren't particularly not welcoming. Like I had a great relationship with with the parents there. Um, they just I don't know what it was about it. I, like I don't know, they might have been stuck in traffic or anything. They just weren't in any any rush to get there. But once they got there, <laughs> they they really enjoyed the session. Um, and I I really did have a, a variety of girls. There. Like I had some would turn up in like I had full Chelsea kit, and then some would turn up in glittery trainers and glittery leggings, like all just bright pink. And like mm-hmm. both of them were there to, to play football. Um, so I, d- I don't think there was really a challenge with like their background because I mean they, yeah. they got there um, but like that yeah it's just they I don't know they, they didn't think that they had to be there on time um, but so I had to be very flexible with that session but um, yeah. we, we, we learned to live with it <laughs> throughout <laughs> yeah it sounds uh, it sounds it sounds interesting and I suppose there's no point tearing your hair out because you, I suppose you know, with different cultures, timeliness isn't necessarily a uh, um, uh, isn't necessarily an important thing. I know that from from my own family. Um, yes. With my uh, yeah, with with a particular member of my family who uh, who's, who's Mauritian, uh, and that's just part of the culture there. You know, you just take life as it comes. You're invited around somewhere. It doesn't matter what time you turn up. Just turn up. Yeah. Uh, and that and that yeah, it's very very different to to what we're really used to as. Uh, <laughs> As the, uh, with, with ourselves. So just before we uh, we get into her game two, I have just immediately thought of another question. Um, so you mentioned that you're that the, the level that you're at, the FA level, uh, is level two. Um, for those that aren't necessarily au fait, different levels are with coaching. Just quickly explain what level two coaching um, entails and, and and what sort of things that you've um, you've been educated in, shall we say? Um, yeah, okay, so um, level, I'll talk about level one first, so that isn't um, an essential criteria to get onto level two, but it's all good to have, um, and if you're level one, then, um, well, I, I did it 2012, so that's going mm-hmm. back quite a bit, and I'm sure it's changed since then, but it means that you can work as an assistant coach, um, and I did it in, in football, I'm sure um if you've got it you can work in like multi-sports basically as long as you've got the one that's okay um and mm-hmm. you just learn about um the 
the FA Four Corners. So that's the uh, physical, social, uh, psychological, and there's one other thing. Like that's the main part of it. And then you just learn a few games. You do your first aid and you do your safeguarding. Mm-hmm. Then when you go to level two, that's when you're looking at um, more um, like tactical parts of the game, um, mm-hmm. and within that, like you'll all you'll be given a specific um, coaching plan that you have to um, do in your practical. You have to go out and get some coaching hours. Um, and then once you're done with that, you can then lead a session on your own. Um, I think yeah. uh, 15 children is the maximum um, that you mm-hmm. can work with. But once you've gone that, once you've done that, you can work with any any sport, basically. Yeah. Okay. So so how how deep does the, uh, does the, sort of the tactical side of it go in? Or um, not? Mm, no, not very. To be honest, like you'll basically um, you'll be either given like a an attacking or defensive scenario, and within that, you then have to coach what the other. Um, so if you're defending, what the attackers are going to do. If you're attacking, what the defenders going to do, and just like really basic things about, I don't yeah. know, um, like being at an angle, being like on your toes, making sure that you can change direction quickly, like really basic things. Um, yeah. But it was it was useful. It was, I mean, I I passed out in my level two because I I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Got hit. Uh, it was a handball actually. I think I was defending a, a free kick. Got hit in the hand. Hurt my finger. Passed out. <laughs> Went out spectacularly. <laughs> but I still managed to uh, to pass the course. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're still still here, upright and breathing. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So, so, uh, so clearly, you know, when you've taken that, um, you're, you're given a scenario, uh, the beginnings of a scenario, be it counter attack or whatever, um, and um, you've then got the autonomy then to demonstrate um, that you are capable of coaching how to defend or how how to defend successfully a specific attack or how to how to come up with a you know get the shot on goal with a with a specific um uh, attacking move or whatever is that is that so it, essentially it's about autonomy and ideas you're not yeah. just kind of robotically um given a scenario this is what you will do if for example a fullback i don't know is is facing a um a winger going up the, going up the um, the lineup speed is is that oh, fair yeah yeah so um when i i don't know if it's changed um since when I, well to be fair i think i did it in 2016 so that's not actually that long ago um but we um were all around like 20 21 years old so obviously it's not as realistic as if you were to do it with kids um but you'd be given a very general um like thing to to coach um whether that be 3v2 or um coaching in a, a certain formation like it wasn't like really specific things yeah, um yeah. yeah so yeah it was scenario good. I mean, based rather than yeah as i say rather than the robotic um yeah 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 no i, I get you I, I completely understand and where can you where can you go well, from that and what what coaching um uh, sort of qualifications can lead on from from level two so um well where you can go you can like as I say you can work with kids on your own therefore like all the um well all football clubs will love it um all the community clubs out there um because a lot of sports overlap so if you can do it with the, with the football then 
nine times out of ten you can do it with with other equipment therefore mm-hmm. you'll be able to deliver most sessions um following on from that i believe so then you're, you're talking about your i think there's a uefa c which as far like okay don't quote me on this <laughs> but i think that <laughs> might be like a level i think that's level three slash level 2.5 like it's almost a feeder into mm-hmm. uefa b um so that's I think you can go from level two to UEFA B and that's when your professional clubs are going to be looking at you, your professional academies. Um, mm-hmm. And then one step up from B is A and then that is your, your professional coaches um, yeah. at your professional clubs. Yeah. And then from, from obviously um, if you're actually sort of going into, um, into top level coaching, that's where the pro license comes in. Is that fair? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Any any plans? Um, not at the moment. I'm more than happy in my job, but I don't need it at the moment, so I don't. Uh-huh. Think so, um, when I was younger, I always said that I'd be the first professional referee. <laughs> mm. I had no plans, uh, and oh, sorry, first professional female referee, um, and um, never crossed my mind that I could be the first professional female manager. Um, mm-hmm. I think is it is she, Emma at Chelsea? I think she's doing a pretty job. I think she. She could be making her way into the men's game uh, mm-hmm. pretty soon, um, but yeah, no, I'm I I've got where I want to be with my level two, so I'm happy at the moment. Yeah, did you did you take a referees or a officials qualification as well? Nope, <laughs> I just wanted to. <laughs> it, it wasn't, I don't know. I I didn't. I don't think like this is going back a very long time. I don't think I realised. Yeah, I'm yeah. A coach, um, so I thought right, there's there's 22 men on the pitch. What can I do? Oh, I can be the, the guy in black. I can be the referee. Ah, good stuff. <laughs> so, um, so we'll, we'll move on now to her game two. Um, how did your involvement, uh, or how did you how did you first get involved with in it? Um, so, I've um, followed Kaz for a while on Twitter. She's followed me, and we like we've often been in touch with each other. Um, I don't know, just like not not regularly, but just one of those people you always look out for. Um, mm-hmm. And she, uh, Kaz got in touch with me um, in end of April, beginning of May, just asking if I wanted to be involved in this campaign. Um, and I, to be fair, I, I saw um, I think the the worst of what she'd gone through in January. Um, mm-hmm. I I had seen that like retweeted onto my page um and also because I followed her so I think I wasn't surprised when she messaged me because I thought yeah this is long overdue um Mm -hmm. but yeah I was very grateful to be to be invited to be a part of it um and then right from the off uh she made a little group chat with us um and then yeah we seem to have formed this little community Yeah, and very positive it is, it is too. Um, so the, the message that you held up during the video, was that a message that you'd personally received? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, a favourite, I think. Uh, why don't you right. just make it, me sandwich? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, it, 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 is that um, something that you've received often then, or is it just a one-off? Um, I think I've received it a couple of times. Once um, I actually I just got sent a sandwich emoji, which I thought was uh, quite... <laughs> 
quite effective. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered mm-hmm. to write it out. Just find the find the emoji. Um, but yeah, I I think I'm pretty sure the majority of girls in that campaign have, have received that one. Like whether it's yeah. online or in person. Um, yeah, it's a, a very common one. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's it's quite um, endemic on your um, on your timeline when people are. Uh sort of debating your opinions shall we say um so to be fair the, the majority of what i've received isn't online um but but when it has been that like wouldn't be surprised to to receive that um mm-hmm. i i think the worst i had is so for the um 2017-28 season um i actually went and did a year abroad in canada um so when I was there I I came back for Christmas so I managed to well I managed to see that the infamous Man United win uh which mm-hmm. I'm very glad I was able to see but then after that uh, so I went back to Canada and I was watching the games online um and I think it was the uh City Cardiff game um and it was at Cardiff um and I just posted and I, was, I think I was chatting to a, a friend online saying we were talking about the atmosphere and I was like okay I'm not there I'm watching online but from mm-hmm. my perspective like we're the loud louder ones um however like I acknowledge the fact that the the microphones were quite possibly in the away end because I was watching on Bristol City TV or whatever it was called then um yep. so then but then a Cardiff fan got um, he he found this, and he his response was literally get in get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich, and I I just thought like how I was like come for me because I'm being like a, an armchair supporter and I'm not there. Don't come for me because I'm a female. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Um, it he well yeah he he certainly sent it then. But you couldn't um, exactly be called an armchair supporter either, could you? Yes, you were watching it on the TV, oh, but um, you're like, I don't, I don't know which part of Canada you were in, but you're anything between three and six thousand miles away, weren't you? Well, yeah, I, um, I was in, uh, I was in East Canada, so yeah, uh, maybe it wouldn't have been uh, out of the question to make the the trip over to Cardiff, but yeah, um, expensive though. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, not worth it. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, you mentioned that the vast majority um, haven't been online. So, you've received it face to face. Yes. So, my problem, I think, is when I'm the, my biggest problem is when I'm on a night out um, or going to the pub. Um, so, for example, um, another time that sticks with me is when um I was out in Birmingham and it was actually the night before Aston Villa were playing in the um playoff final so Mm -hmm. I think that was 2019 I believe um and I was I was actually with a friend so she was visiting me from Bristol um and we were just chatting to some boys about about the game about the fact that we've been to Villa Park earlier in the year like just having a chat about ex-players everything and then um, another group of fans like overheard this and they were just unbearable they were like I don't know if you, you know the Cockney one sang for Bristol City um, mm-hmm. but they yeah. were making very rude gestures just like mm-hmm. shouting over um, just like oh shut up um, with your Bristol titties um, but like just not 
even if they'd even just come over and said to us, "Oh yeah, you were at Villa Park in April," or that like that was an alright game, but they just didn't give us time of day. Um, mm-hmm. It it was yeah very patronising, and they just well they pressed all the wrong buttons, <laughs> um, and I think that, like that's the worst part. But you so often to to get it on a night out, I think people some people are like quite interested when they find out that you're a fan of football because. you just don't expect it and that's fine Um, but then there is a small minority that will just shoot you down not even listen to opinions Um, and with you it's not it's not it's not just uh, it's not just a fan you're educated in the game you have the qualifications to to back that up as well Um, so if anything you are you are more qualified to talk about the game than, than the vast majority of people in this country it's uh it's it's just just ignorance yeah. really um and it's pretty sad because we all watch the same game um and i don't get why and i never have gotten why um why certain people's opinions are um belittled um more than others so that's quite that is actually quite sad to hear because not everybody that i've um that i've spoken to um on here has received any kind of uh not has not well yeah not not everybody's received face to face sexist abuse um so what what exactly is it that given that you're actually now um to an extent embedded within the game um that gives you presumably the potential to um bring that that professional football club angle are, are you looking at it the same way or are you looking at it as okay i'm purely a fan at the moment, I'm certainly looking at it from a fan perspective. Um, and I think I've had enough experiences um, to, to be able to, to resonate with a, a lot of the people, especially with the, um, we've, we've done some research and heard other people's opinions. Like I, I've definitely received a lot of them. Um, so at the moment, I'm happy to sit just in the fan chair. Um, and as the campaign starts to grow, as I start to feel, um, stay longer in my role at the club, that is maybe when I can come at it from the professional club point of view. Um, but yep. when I started it, it was always just from the fan perspective. So what is, uh, it just give us a, a bit of uh, a little while, about 10 days since, since I had, uh, an update of uh, of what exactly is is in the pipeline potentially. Now we've we've, we've heard about um, uh, the potential for a European Championships project um, uh, and a couple of other bits and pieces that uh, that Lucy mentioned. Um, <laughs> is there any any update that you're you're uh, willing and able to uh, <laughs> uh, to give the listeners, or is it all still uh, uh, under wraps? Shall we say, and rightly so. Dare I, dare I, dare I hasten to add? Um, well. Uh, yeah, I hope I don't give anything away that I'm not supposed to. Um, I mean, so today we have, well, um, H&G Sportswear have launched some um, uh, merchandise, some Hurricane 2 merchandise, I think, hoodies and T-shirts. Um, yes, I saw so, that, yep. Yep. Um, the proceeds from that are going to go to a charity, which we haven't decided yet, but we are, um, as we speak, like shortlisting the charities. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, 
throughout the Euros, um, we're trying to get our voices out there. So um, on the 606, um, 606 Live um, like show, I think I think it's at like 10 o'clock at night, so it's quite late. Um, but yeah. they have, um, I think it's like a fan panel. Um, so after lots of those games, um, like at least one girl is just like sending their thoughts on one of the Euros games that they've, they've been watching. Um, so that's quite exciting, getting our names out on, on 606. Um, and I think the next biggest thing for us is we are planning like a, a fundraising event um, over the next few months. Um, obviously, we're all based in different parts of the country, um, so we'll be able to, to attack it from lots of different angles. But um, we're... I won't give too much away with that, but um, we're looking at raising money for for the same um, charity that we'll be doing for the that the merchandise is going towards. Um, mm-hmm. So that's getting ready for for the new season to start. But um, we're so excited for for that season to to begin because we'll be in talks with football clubs and and lots of them have asked how they can get involved with us. Um, so all we're saying is just look out for us when when you go into two games. Hopefully, if we're allowed. Um, we're hoping for there to be like posters, advertising. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to make a move in in that part of the the game. Mm-hmm. It sounds really really promising. And just uh, on the charity side of things, I noticed today um, that uh, there's a diabetes charity that uh, that has partnered uh, with her game too. Is that right? Yes, correct. So the charity is called the Diabetes Football Community. Mm-hmm. And it's, one of the things that's uh, really, really promising is that you, you're starting to reach out and get these partnerships um, uh, together. Um, and it's not just uh, sort of charities. You've got Fair Game, who, are, who now, of course, um, have a number of football clubs uh, involved um, to bring um, quality, sort of more equality to the, uh, um, uh, to, to the world of, uh, of football. Um, both in terms of what's happening within the pre- professional game, um, and, uh, and 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 of course outside of that um, on the uh, in the terraces, um, but it's great that uh, that sort of charities are starting to get involved, uh, and uh, and hopefully uh, uh, that can start to be um, the beginnings of a very fruitful partnership. Um, are there any other um, charities that are going to be in a similar position to uh, to, to to the diabetes charity, or are they the only ones at the moment? Um, in terms of um, like illnesses or disabilities, anything like that, um, as far as I'm aware, it's just the diabetes charity. Mm-hmm. However, um, what we're looking at supporting is um, grassroots teams, um, whether that be specifically girls only, um, we just or whether it be a mixture. Um, we're really keen about. Um, like supporting from right from the bottom because uh, yeah. obviously that's a great foundation um, to, and the, and then the more more girls teams you've got the more support we're going to have um, up through through the ranks and up to the professional teams as well um, so that's where we're looking at supporting yeah yeah and so where where does her game two itself um, sort of go from here. Um, so you've mentioned there are a couple of plans in the, in the pipeline. Um, 
but uh, he's still um, sort of lobbying football clubs and, and seeking uh, seeking support from them. I, I know you've had probably about a dozen football clubs that have uh, that supported you and the EFL as well. Um, so hopefully, uh, if that is the case, hopefully you get some more clubs. Yeah, definitely. We're really keen to get as many clubs as we can on board um, because, um, yeah, we, we've got like quite a few ideas. Um, we, we don't just want to do it just to be like, oh, look at us, look what good we do. Like, we really are keen about making making uh, positive changes. Um, and the, I think once the clubs start getting on board, that's when it's going to snowball because like, they're going to see that the local clubs near them are doing it. They think, oh, yeah, this is actually a, a good cause. And um, the amount of girls and ladies that are getting involved saying that they've received the same experiences <laughs> Um, it's just like overwhelming um, so mm-hmm. I think we knew there was need out there but we didn't realise just how great it was um, yeah. so it's very sad actually just just I know this is a very positive message that you're giving um, I think uh, you know you, you mentioned that, that you weren't aware of the, of the need and today we've had or not so today yesterday I think it was we had an instance of I'm not sure if he's a pro still or whether he's an ex-pro uh, but Lewis Haldane um, uh, uh, sort of speaking about uh, female football commentators, uh, yeah. which was something that that I hadn't seen for a while, but was uh, unfortunately I wasn't surprised to see it. Um, and then, of course, the her game two, you know, some of the her game two um, girls, they uh, uh, they picked up on it, um, and particularly uh, Lucy and um, uh, Kaz, who of course had. Uh, cheered Lewis Haldane on from the terraces because he is an ex-Bristol Rovers fan. Yeah. Uh, and he turns around at one point and says, go make another video um, uh, implying that they're, uh, it, uh, you know, that, that you're all attention-seeking, yeah. um, which I found um, really, really disheartening if that's actually coming from a professional footballer himself. Um, I mean, it is. Um, and there are there's, there's going to be people out there with, with that view unfortunately but we knew when we did this campaign that that we were going to get some some backlash you you do with anything um i think we've just got to remind ourselves that there are there's plenty of footballers out there we've had them get in touch um showing their support of the campaign um mm-hmm. and to be honest the more they do that the less people like like lewis will hopefully um, have have that voice and, and try and shoot us down. But, you know, we had, I don't know, I don't, I've, I've lost count now on, on the views and the retweets and the amount of support we've had. That is just so much more powerful than, than one person. And the argument doesn't even make sense. It said, um, like, the the commentator, she, she can't possibly know because she's never played football. Well, yesterday I thought Clive Tills, he did a, a perfectly good job commentating and he's never uh, <laughs> played played football professionally. So, yeah, um, it, yeah. like it's, it's, just, it's a, a really stupid argument. And unfortunately for these female commentators, it, it is a, it's an uphill battle, but um, they really have got so much support and like, the, the support that was put out for, for Emma after she was commentating that, that was um, lovely to see. So you have, you've just got to ignore these, these people with the Neanderthalic views. Um, yeah, they are, they are out there. 
do you know what the, the with Emma you, you mentioned her and her commentary was was um do you know what it's, the, it's almost the type of commentary that I look for that I very very rarely get from the um from 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 a from a pundit you know Gary Neville and, and Jamie character have really opened the door of the tactical game but you never you know, that's all very well and good all well and good analyzing um post match but actually during the game when you see um, and you, know, you pick up on a tactical change, be it change in formation, or you know, the one point that sh- that really um, uh, that I picked up on was that she picked up on uh, on one of the teams. I forget exactly who it was she was commentating on. Please forgive me, but one of the teams had actually pushed up um, their their backline uh, ten yards, and it just brought a completely different dynamic on the game. And they're just the little subtle uh, points that people don't necessarily pick up on when they're watching on the TV or even in person. And yeah. uh, and she explained. Not only did she pick up on that, she explained the effect that that was having on the game. And you get somebody like that, um, and to then have Lewis Haldane uh, belittle that view because um, basically she was born with the wrong body parts. Um, mm. And yet you have somebody like Michael Owen, or um, and, and I'm not a great fan of Michael Owen on the TV, or you know Steve McManaman, or uh, Danny Murphy. Um, who to me they bring very very little in the way of uh, sort of tactical analysis, which is what I look for and what I really really enjoy. And she brought that, and I enjoyed listening to her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I I find it absolutely bizarre that uh, that anybody couldn't actually see through the fact that she was a woman that was talking talking sense. They just yeah. didn't want to listen. Anyway. Uh, Moving, moving on um, to slightly happier memories, hopefully. Um, we'll get into the uh, significant six here. Uh, so these are your six questions of favourite specific points in time or players or etc. cetera um, uh, of your time supporting Bristol City. Um, so talk to me about your favourite game that you've been to. Right, it was very difficult to uh to shortlist just one favorite game um and i'm afraid i'm, I'm going to be boring here it's either going to be man united or man city um but it's i boring. <laughs> uh cliche so we say um but my i think my favorite game was the man city away um mm-hmm. And if we have to pick a half, my favourite half was the first half. (laughs) I'm sure we went into halftime, wandered up. Um, Bobby Reid penalty right right at the end of the first half. And that was just, honestly, it was incredible. I think that's where my life peaked. Still talk about it to this day. (laughs) Um, Going to the, the, the champions ground, unbeaten in the season. Um... And going one and up was just unbelievable. I think some some pundits have said that. Um, I think it was after that game that I can't remember who it was, but whoever went to them straight after went and beat them. Um, and it was like, yeah, Lee Johnson helped with that with the tactics. He, he learned how to break them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he found their weak spot. Um, so that was quite nice. But. Um, I think I had my phone turned off when we, when we were at the um, at that game, and um, I was in a, a group chat with a few 
a few of the boys and, and they were like, oh, where's Eve gone? Why is she not replying? I would have thought she's going nuts. And someone said, oh, I bet she's crowd surfing in the Etihad. <laughs> and I was just, <laughs> if only I've got lovely, lovely visions of that. <laughs> um, but that's definitely, that would have summed up how I felt. Um, so yeah, that, that was, I think that that's probably like the, the happiest I felt at a game probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was, uh, I mean, it was an absolutely astounding performance. Uh, as you say, City were, they were, I mean, it, well, it was, <laughs> it was City at their absolute best, wasn't it, that season? Yeah. They, uh, I think they went on to, to absolutely, you know, sort of trounce the league. Um, and yeah, you, I, I remember you, you, you were, you were not comfortable. No, I think anybody can really be comfortable at, uh, at, at City, but, um, yeah, you certainly gave them a, a really, really good run, run for your money. Um, so yeah, it was, uh. Certainly, a, a an epic watch on uh, on TV. I can I can assure you of that. Definitely, um, a good one for a neutral. Okay, so um, your the favourite away ground that you visited. I think my favourite away ground. Again, this was very tricky. Um, going on atmosphere and experiences, it's got to be Fulham. I think um, mm-hmm. obviously they're um, they're rebuilding at least one stand now. I think yeah, um, yeah the Riverside stand. Yeah, um, but I've, I've been a, a couple of times, both times we've we've won, um, and it's just such a, a brilliant away day, um, and it's a, a proper old school ground. I love it. Um, it's in London. Who doesn't love a, a day day out in London? Um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely my favourite. Yeah, I I think uh, Leah uh, chose this one as well. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think there's something. Um, uh, all right, yourself. You don't necessarily come from Bristol uh, into you. Can obviously, come into um, either Euston or Marlebone, but either way, it's still only about an hour on the train, um, hour and a bit on the train, and. Bristol City undoubtedly will take a, a good following. It's West London, so it's easy to get to from Paddington. Yeah. Um, it's a nice part of London as well. You've got that lovely walk from uh, from Putney Bridge Station. There's pubs around uh, in Putney itself, uh, good pubs as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it just you know, I, and I can I can allude to exactly the same for as a Reading fan. You know, it's obviously it's slightly less distance, half an hour, um, but. You know, you're always going to end up with a good atmosphere because people are going to go there on the train. They're not going to want to drive to, uh, yeah, to London because yeah. we all know what London's like. And it's just going to be a good piss up on the train, good piss up in the pub. So we, we, we know what, what the atmosphere is like with a good pissed up away support. It's just raucous and it's fun. Uh, it's loud. And you can create a good din um, in the uh, in the Putney end as well. Um, and uh, I enjoy my trips to Fulham. Um, not so uh so 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 well with the results i've got to say i have seen us win there but not very often um but uh yeah i i i, I agree that uh, fulham is certainly up there with the best london london away days um and, well some of the best away days um for a southern club as well i think yeah um, definitely. i'm still wait i'm i i'm i'm going to jump through my ceiling when somebody says the modesty i don't think mm. anybody ever will but um yeah uh <laughs> um I, yeah, if somebody could turn around like uh, like Emily did last week and say uh, and say um, the New York Stadium, then I think somebody could say the Madison one. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, talk to me about your favourite season. 
Um, so I, as I've touched on it, my favourite season was definitely the um, year we got promoted the second time I saw it, so from League One to the Championship. Um, I think it also helped that I was um, almost there behind the scenes in my own little way. Um, mm. It just all through the season, we were just a joy to watch. The players having a, a great time. Um, they they were even coming up with their own different celebrations each week. Um, that convinced they were going to score. They had they put on like a little like they always were acting um, mm. when when they were scoring. Um, it was just such, such a, a lovely time to be at the club, um, and certainly on on the last game of the season I remember them playing the We Are the Champions by Queen, tears in my eyes, thinking, yes, <laughs> this this is what, what football is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as we as we said, um certainly in the back end of the season you, you, you trounced um a couple of teams and you mentioned Walsall uh Walsall there. Um I think you also beat somebody else six 0 didn't you? Um uh, was it Bradford? Bradford, yeah. Um, that, that was the you, promoted. Yeah, but uh Clearly, the shackles were off them, but like I say, you, you, it was just—it must have been absolutely brilliant watching because you didn't lose many, um, and it just all sort of came together for Steve Cottrell that season, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. He—he um, he was a brilliant manager. Um, definitely got the job done, um, and he, yeah, just—he—he will always be a legend in Bristol, definitely for, for mm-hmm. getting us through that season. And a West Country man as well. With yeah. the accent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Still. So um did your favourite ever away day come from that season? Um, no, it didn't interest. So did I not? had oh, okay. so so I, I was discussing this with my brother, um, and um gonna be cheeky here and mention another one which nearly made it. Um I just loved um uh, we played Chesterfield on the last game of the season. Um mm-hmm. and like a few of us not not enough for it to be um to be well executed enough, um, but a few of us went dressed as Where's Wally, um, and that was just, it was just a party atmosphere. It was brilliant, um, and I remember actually getting the train back. So obviously got the train back to Birmingham, um, and the train was packed. And I remember I hadn't eaten all day, had a bit of wine, like obviously quite jolly. Um, and I saw someone who was dressed in a full city tracksuit, and I was like, well, I won't sit next to him. I'll just sit behind him. So I sat next to the girl behind him. And then I remember, I think I had some crisps. I think I swear it's the first thing I'd eaten all day, and I was just dying for these crisps. And then we got back to New Street, got off the train, and then I, I bumped into some friends, and they were like, oh, did you see Greg Cunningham was on the train? And I was like, oh, my God. I can walk straight past Greg Cunningham. I mean, I was, I was dressed as well as Wally, so it was probably for the best, and he really didn't want me sat next to him the whole way back to Birmingham from Chesterfield. But I'll always know that I was sat behind him eating my smelly crisps. <laughs> um, but, that, that, like, yeah, that that was my – I really enjoyed that, and I'll always remember that that day. But um, I think my, my favourite – um, away day has got to be um, when we played Crystal Palace um, in the playoff semis. 2007, um, 2008, 2008, 2008, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, it was that. So that's when, like my my earliest memories, really. Like I really remember that very vividly. Um, I 
made the way all the way to London as well when we got there like just standing at the whole game just incredible atmosphere um all really optimistic and like that that's really that season's really special to me because that's like the season after my dad had passed away um mm-hmm. so I was going with my brother um so that I think that's what what made going to like I obviously carried on going to City because I had him and that was our like little special time so the fact that we very nearly got promoted that season was that would have just been incredible um but that's a really special season to me um so it's a shame that we we just missed out um but I'll always fondly remember Palace away Mm -hmm. and you you won that with a last minute winner didn't you I remember it yes yeah I can imagine there were a few broken legs in that away end I think so (laughs) yeah (laughs) Definitely. Of course, uh, you say you won. You won the uh, the second leg as well. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Was it? Uh, you had the, uh, the the Lee Trundle effort. And again, I mentioned this to Leah. Um, the left footed effort that uh, that flew in the top corner in front of the wedlock stand, um, which was always good for a good as no way end. By the way. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, just uh, it, it's games like that that make me think when we do that. When Reading have done that in the past, I think promotions nailed on. And we've had six attempts at the playoffs and haven't won a single one. So it's right. never nailed on in the playoffs, is it? So Oh, no, definitely not. You've got to the playoff final that year and have generally generally been a strong side in the championship, but uh, but but haven't really got close to it, um, got close to the playoffs, really, have you, since then? Yeah. Um, I think, we, well, 20, all the years emerging into one now with COVID, but I think 2019... Like up until the final day, we we could have still made it. I remember we were playing Hull away, and mm-hmm. um, Derby were playing West Brom, so um, at Pride Park, um, and we were on the train with some West Brom fans, and I think they were already promoted. And I remember we like we overheard them, and they were like, "Oh yeah, apparently." West Brom have made like 10 changes. Yeah, we're really not bothered about today. And we really needed a West Brom win. And me and my brother were like, oh, for God's sake, why are we going all the mm-hmm. way to Hull? <laughs> um, and then it turned out, I think um, Middlesbrough finished above us anyway. So even if um, West Brom had had won, um, it wouldn't, wouldn't have mattered anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? And we, I think oh, God, yeah. we, we, we're getting up there. We are. We are becoming an, an established. I say top top team, uh, top half of the the championship. But you never know. Um, hopefully, in the the near future, we'll we'll be in the dizzy heights of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And just going back to uh, to Crystal Palace and Sellers Park again. It's, a, it's the ground that I've that I've been to on on a number of occasions. Lucky enough to not have seen Red and lose there. Uh, I think we've had one defeat there in something like 12, 13, something like that. Um, but uh, again, the much like the wedlock stand um, at the old uh, at the old Bristol City behind the goal, um, it's a it's a good away end. Yes, it's not behind the goal, but it's one of those classic old roofs, wooden seats, um, and you can just create a proper din. Um, not in the most salubrious part of London. It's certainly not uh, 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 sort of. Um, Putney High Street, is it? But no. um, there's some, you know, you can you can make your way in from from central London twenty minutes easily, um, and there's good good pubs around Victoria, um, and uh, and even a couple around uh, around sort of Sellhurst and uh, and Thornton Heath, and it's an again it's an enjoyable away game, 
uh, for me. I've I've enjoyed every single visit that I've had to uh, uh, to Crystal Palace. Yeah, um, I mean, I've even so, been with um with with Aston Villa, <laughs> um, and um, like in the away end, and um, I can't remember who he nearly came to City. Was it Dwight Dwight Gale? Maybe and I think mm-hmm. he he pied us off like the last minute. Um, uh, maybe he was probably never coming to us, but you know what the media were like. And um, he actually scored. He scored, and then you had the the goal music come out. I think the mm-hmm. um, glad, glad all over was. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. glad all over. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they they were all singing that, and then it was ruled offside, and that was just <laughs> brilliant. Because I mean, like I was the only because obviously all the Villa fans were at me, but for me, I was like, yeah, you should have come to see. Then that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was quite funny. Mm-hmm. So, uh, favorite current city player? Um, my favorite current city player is Andy Byman. Um, I thought that might I, be the answer after what you said earlier. Oh, uh, what? Uh, um, the fact that he signed a new contract and he's like yeah, a new signing. <laughs> yeah, um, I love him. Um, I think so. Even a couple of seasons ago, people were like, oh, all he does is run. Like, people don't understand how. Um, effective that can be like one he isn't just running obviously he's pressuring people on the ball he's drawing defenders away from the ball like he is such an intelligent important player um mm. but i oh when he scored that hat-trick at Bramall Lane I just that was just like a massive shout out to all, all those people that that are like yep yeah, no we don't rate him it's like this is what he can do this is what he does do um but I, yeah I I think he's such an exciting player um, and I'm so glad that, he, that he's um, re-signed that contract with us because I think there are quite a few clubs around the Midlands that were interested in, in him because obviously mm-hmm. he lives around here so that would have been um, convenient for him to, to move on. Um, so that's, I think that's um, a big... Uh, a big fillip for you, isn't it? That yeah, you, definitely. That that, yeah, that you've that you've managed to keep him on. I yeah. gotta say, I've I've always liked him. Um, I've always liked the high intensity player. Uh, yeah. But then my my footballing grounding really, where I've really built my my so we call it my footballing personality, um, was uh, was high intensity, high pressure football under Alan Pardew and Steve Coppel. Um, or oh, Steve so, Coppel. <laughs> y- yes, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> For us, of course, and, and Crystal Palace as well. The, the bloke yeah. is the bloke. The bloke's an absolute legend. He doesn't. He cannot walk around the streets of Reading and not have a pint pot for him. No way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, our um, uh, my my football uh, footballing knowledge and 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 personality really was built up. Um, ideology was built up under Steve Coppel more than anything, uh, and Steve Coppel was was a pla- was a was a player that was all action, all intensity. And as a manager, loved that from his players. Of course, we had the likes of Kevin Doyle, Shane Long, Steve Sibwell, James Harper, um, who who provided that central park um, or centre of the park uh, uh, intensity that was required to play his his brand of football. Um, and uh, um, Andy Vyman has fitted into that um, really, really quite into that kind of uh, theory really quite well is why I've liked him in the past. And as you say, um, some teams sit off and other teams sort of press, uh, sort of, they always give it a half press, won't they? Where certain players are allowed to press and Andy Vyman, of course, is one of those. And other teams yeah. are all intensity. They'll press across the whole pitch. 
Um, and if you, you know, with Andy Vyman, you just, you know what you're going to get. Um, and he will, you know, he will just press. And as you say, it, it, it hurries the defender. It creates mistakes. It pins teams back, particularly not only if, if you're pressing, but if you get the ball and you know you can just plant the ball into the channel, you're going to gain that territory potentially by, um, by, by having the ball there, so playing the, the, the percentage ball. And he's going to chase it like a dog with a bone. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that, that to me is just, you know, that's British football. That's, in, that's enjoyable football. Uh, okay, so talk to me about your favourite all-time City player. Um, okay, so for this one, it's got to be Joe Bryan. Um, I was a huge fan of his ever since that goal against Rovers back, I think that was 2013, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I thought... With his right foot as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, a beautiful goal. <laughs> um, he's, yeah, he was such a, an exciting player to watch. Um, I think uh, well, my my previous play, favorite player before him was Bradley Orr, so he was a right back. So I, I've obviously got a thing for for defenders. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, I was devastated for for him to go. I think, um, I've I've got a, a cat who is he's called Joe Bryan. Um, which <laughs> he he was. Um, he came and joined the family after he'd, he'd left to go to Fulham. So I remember the, um, when I went to get him, the I think the, the guy there was like, oh, what you call him? I was like, oh, um, call him after a footballer. He's like, he was like, um, he plays with Fulham. And he was like, right, you're a Fulham fan. I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> Bristol City fan. Uh, but yeah, so Joe Bryan still lives with us here. Um, and I think he's just like a great role model in the, in the footballing world as well as well as a city legend having come through the academy if that's not enough um mm-hmm. he just like i he he seems he seems great he's um yeah always got time for the fans always like promoting the charities he's working for um and like i just i just want him to just thrive um disappointing that um Fulham have come down, obviously, but I really hope that he can just make his way back up to the Premier League because I think he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Is he? Uh, is he a Bristolian as well? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, comes from. Um, I think his his dad is uh, a heart surgeon, and he um, operated on Gary Johnson when he had um, right. he had to have a, something done with his heart. <laughs> um, so. Even little links like that, like obviously, it just had to be Joe Bryan's family. No, he's just a Bristolian legend <laughs> through and through. Mm-hmm. And of course, he, he scored against scored the opening goal against United as well, didn't he? Oh, uh, literally, well, sent you a lot into yeah. <laughs> it, Oh, yeah, that also that was another time that my my life peaked. I mean, he also scored. Um, it was um, against QPR. It wasn't a, a big game at all, and I don't think I'd eaten that day. Uh-huh. this sounds like a, a running um thing with football I, I think i don't know you just get busy don't you um but i i ended up fainting when joe Bryan scored um <laughs> so i did end up being um pressed around the ground in a, a little wheelchair taken to the the medic's place um my, my brother did mock me for that um he was <laughs> like oh let's hope he, he doesn't score again but i don't know i just got a bit excited with that one <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I know what you mean by the not eating. I've gone to so many away games and just and just been on a liquid diet all day. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not healthy. But you know, uh, if there's an away fan that goes on a train away there that hasn't done that, then 
just try it once. You'll yes. not look back. <laughs> so, um, right, Eve, uh, it's been it's been a pleasure. Thank you very very much for, for giving me your time tonight. Um, been uh, thoroughly enjoyable. I did say it was going to take a couple of hours, and uh, guess what? It's taken a couple of hours. Perfect um, timing. I know, I know, I'm back, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and on that vein, uh, you can uh, get Terrace Memoirs on Twitter, which is at Terrace Memoirs, funnily enough. Um, there is a Facebook group, um, but uh, there hasn't been anything posted on there since the weekend because my personal Facebook has been hacked and I can't re regain it. Um, so there is a Facebook group called Terrace Memoirs, um, but yeah, don't expect anything posted on it anywhere soon. If you if you ever had this problem with Facebook, it's the right pain in the ass because you can't contact them, you can't talk to them, and you just go around in circles. So uh, yeah, uh, slightly frustrated with that. Um, as uh, mentioned, um, I have now received my first email from somebody. Thank you again, Shahan. Um, so you can email me if you have any feedback, uh, if you want to come on the show. Um, I've, or give, you've got any ideas to improve um, what I do, um, et cetera, et cetera. The email address is terracememoirs at gmail.com. Um, as Shahan will, will hopefully um, attest to, I, I responded to him pretty much immediately uh, when, he, uh, um, when he emailed. Not that I could promise to do that if I suddenly get 100 emails, um, but, you know, um, let's just manage the expectations slightly, shall we? Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, Eve, once again, thank you so, so much. Um, it's been a joy, a pleasure to, uh, to have you on the show uh, talking about Bristol City, these dulcet brummy tones of yours. Um, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, is, uh, this, is, this is me, over and out.